Hi, and thank you for joining us for In All Things, a weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, State Clerk of the EPC. We pray that God uses Dean and his guests to inform and inspire you about the EPC and how God is working in and through our global movement of Evangelical Presbyterian Churches. The motto of our family of congregations is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. And thank you again, Rachel. I appreciate that as always. And welcome, my friends, back to another edition of In All Things, a podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. And you probably know this already, and if you don't, we drop episodes every Friday. We, we try to have a fresh new episode every week, and wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Podbean or Spotify or just want to go to our website at epc.org, every week we drop a new issue of In All Things, and it's a conversation for the EPC, inside largely the EPC, but we're grateful that if you're kind of a related to, but outside of the EPC family, if you're listening in, we are glad to have you here. It's kind of like Thanksgiving. There's always room for one more around the table. We've got enough stuffing in Turkey to pass around, and we'd love to have you here sitting in on those conversations. We think they're conversations that will be an encouragement to those who serve the Evangelical Presbyterian Church or attend, but we also think it's going to be a blessing to the larger body of Christ, as I think will be the case today, because we'll be talking about the importance of intercessory prayer ministry with Phil Thrash from EPC World Outreach, who leads our prayer ministry for our global partners and churches that are sending people into the harvest that is gleaning white. So Phil, great to have you on In All Things. Thank you, Dean. It's wonderful to be here with you today. It's a delight. I'm looking forward to our conversation. You're going to really enjoy it because Phil just has a heart, not only loves the Lord, he loves his church, but he just has a heart for praying. And if you were to walk by Phil Thrash in the hallway, you could probably expect him to put his hand on your shoulder and say, how can I pray for you? And he means it and he does it and uh, and it matters. So we're going to come back and dig down deep into the importance of intercessory prayer ministry. It's true in the local church, but particularly true as we think about those in those forward positions that are in the places that are sometimes the most difficult to reach for the gospel. And that brings us to our sponsor for today's edition of In All Things. Our sponsor is EPC World Outreach. EPC World Outreach is that part of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church that helps train and equip and send people into the most difficult places, the places with the least access to the gospel. And that happens sometimes domestically, but more often than not, it happens across the world in some of the places that are a real challenge to be able to get into. And we strategically look for those places, particularly among unreached people groups, that is people who may not have access to a Bible in their own language, a pastor of their own tribe or ethnicity, indigenous leadership. We're going and trying to really help plant the seeds of the gospel where there's going to be churches that are faithfully whole life, whole cycle, repeating gospel churches that are growing and multiplying and spreading and helping disciples who help become the kind of disciples who go out and make more disciples. And we do that in a number of different ways. But you should really go ahead and explore the website, the epc.org, and, and look for that area that has to do with world outreach and become familiar with some of our global partners. In fact, you may find it a particular blessing to be able to not only identify those partners, but A, to pray for them, and B, 
Maybe even the Lord is leading you to financially support them. That would be a great encouragement for them if someone were to say, hey, I, I was listening on In All Things, and I heard this guy feel thrash, and I thought I should start praying more deeply, and God led me to you, and I wanted to sponsor you and your family's work in this very challenging place. Think of what a collateral blessing that would be for the kingdom if the Lord were to move you in such a way. So I hope that you would take the time to do that. It's, it's worth the investment and the time. And let me just highlight one thing that EPC World Outreach does, and there's just a whole bunch of things. But I'm going to highlight something we call I-10. I-10 stands for the International Theological Education Network, and that's where some of our most talented and gifted peoples go to some really challenging places and teach indigenous leaders leadership skills, Bible study training, the kind of things necessary to be effective witnesses for the gospel in their communities as people who are going to be growing and planting churches. And that's one of those places. If you're looking for something that has a really significant impact, big bang for the buck kind of stuff, you want to look at I-10, the International Theological Education Network in the EPC. And that, among everything else we do, is held up by the foundation of prayer. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So, Phil, you're just one of those people. I know people with the gift of evangelism. We go out to eat at a restaurant, and before you know it, they're sharing the gospel with somebody, and I've got to think about it. I've got to force myself to do it. I've got to be purposeful about it. There's other people with the gift of hospitality that as soon as they walk in, you immediately feel enveloped and welcomed and encouraged and sporting. I can do that too, but I got to think a little bit more about it. I've got this gift of being able to apparently talk off the top of my head and other people say, oh, I don't know how you do that. I just do it. And I don't think about it. Prayer isn't always easy for me. I always want to pray and God and I have conversations throughout the course of the day. It's kind of a running conversation where he and I have these little things that go back and forth to each other, but to sit down and to be dedicated and really intercede a different kind of prayer. It's not just you in a relationship with God. It's 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 standing in the gap yep. between people and God and kind of bridging that gap through this conversation called intercessory prayer. And that comes as naturally to you as the gift does of evangelism for others or speaking in front of a group of people, maybe for me. And I think we always look at other people's gifts and say, man, I wish I had that gift. But I do. I look at your gift and I say, boy, I wish I had the gift of prayer the way you do. So uh, tell us your story. Like, was that always the case? Like from a little kid, were you that way? Or did that happen somewhere along the way? Just give us a a quick flyby of your own personal story. Okay, sure. I became born again when I was five years old. My father was a Presbyterian minister and he had become saved under Billy Graham's ministry. Wow. And he led me to Jesus at that time. And then I'm fast forwarding here. I had a wonderful youth group, went to a Christian college where did you grow up? I grew up in South Texas in McAllen. Okay. Down there on the border. Okay. And college was where? I went to Oral Roberts University in Tulsa. All right. So lots of different people from all, all right. walks, states, religious backgrounds. You've got facial hair now, so you're obviously not an ORU <laughs> connection anymore. So no. Hair's on top of your ears. And yeah, that's right. Okay. Thank you. All right. <laughs> So I went to school there. Then I went to school at Regent University in Virginia Beach. Okay. Uh, we go to Kemsville Presbyterian there in Virginia Beach now and have since about 1986. Oh, it's a great church with a wonderful history, right? Yeah, we've really enjoyed being there. And there's worse places to be than Virginia Beach. I mean, that's yeah, the, there yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always enjoy flying in there and seeing all the wetlands and the 
coast and everything. It's, it is nice. So anyway, in the early 80s, when I was still going to ORU, I went on a, a, a trip to Germany. And this was when the wall was still up. Went to Berlin. And when I did that, the Lord called me to missions and called me to that particular place. This was in Germany. This was in Berlin. Okay. And came home, did a couple of short-term trips there for several weeks, led some. And then I didn't see any openings in, in ministry after I got my master's degree. And so I went into teaching and I taught emotionally disturbed children. And along that line, or during that time, I had a really bad fall, and I could not sit for very long, mm. so I had to stretch out on the couch, and I was on workman's comp for a little while. I did end up going back to school and teaching some more, but the Lord kind of developed in me an intercessory prayer gift, because you asked about kind of how it came it's about. It's really fascinating. So a fall that sort of incapacitated you oh, created yeah. this space mm-hmm. where the Lord came in and had your full attention and was able right. to cultivate that in you. Exactly. Wow. And I liked reading the Word, and I liked praying, but during that time, it was like, I don't particularly like television anyway, and so it was just me, God, the Bible, and occasionally a TV preacher. (laughs) (laughs) Some good, some not so good. But at any rate, I, I, I just started praying a lot, and the Lord showed in me. You know, we see in Corinthians where it talks about the gift of discernment, discerning good from evil, and sometimes I would get an impression uh, the Lord may show me a picture of something that I need to pray for specifically. And so I rely on the Holy Spirit to give me these so that I know what to pray for. Now, I can get information like we do, this data-driven. Somebody sends their prayer requests or whatever, but at least some of the time I rely on that to be able to pray. Obviously, as we got closer to going on the mission field, Diane and I, my wife, we went to Germany in '88. I wanted to take her there because I knew that the Lord wanted us to go there. By the way, the east part of Germany is 1.5% born again. The rest are atheists. Right. And so it's a very difficult place. Berlin was in Prussia. We have two world wars coming out of there. It's very hard. The people are not nice other than the few Christians that there are. And it's a very um, spiritually dark place. And so we did apply through World Outreach. We, We were on a team that was from another reformed denomination. We had three reformed denomination groups there. They actually hired me as the team's intercessor to come on and and to pray. Mm. And so talks about in Ephesians 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And there are some places in the world where those things, it's really strong. Mm. And I think we've seen some of that in our own country, but even before that time, we would experience it. And so that's a lot of what the Lord would have yeah. me do is, is to go out and do prayer walking and to pray for the area and for the people. We would have team prayer times every Friday. Most of the morning, we would pray together two, three hours. And it was for personal needs, actually. And then other times, I would take people out and we would pray around the area. And we found that when we prayed, things started happening. The Lord would break down the walls. I went a year and a half, and I only had like one person, two people talk to me. Like I'd go out, and I'd, I'd prayer walk for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, even 45. Part of that was to help my back. I only had one lady that thought I was German. I guess she'd sit there and talk my ear off, and then I hardly said anything to her. And, uh, and one other neighbor who, who befriended us. That's the hardness that there is. They would look away. They don't want to talk. And this is in a neighborhood to where I would pass right by them. 
They had every opportunity to say hello, and I've seen you every day. You're walking your dog. My name is Inga or whatever. None of that. And so we prayed and we prayed and we prayed, and finally some of that started breaking down, and we were able to talk to people. I think it's important for us to do this in our own neighborhood. You don't have to be overseas to do this. And it might feel stilted or whatever to pray for your neighbors, but just do it and see what happens. And then you can, as you were talking about different giftings, you can start using your gift, whatever your gift is, whether it's hospitality or evangelism or whatever, to reach those people in your neighborhood. You don't have to go to Berlin. You don't have to go to Tajikistan. You don't have to go to Pakistan to do it. You can do it right where you are. So let's talk a little bit about prayer ministry, because sure. first of all, super credit to your team in Germany that they saw the importance of mm-hmm. having a person hired yeah. to lead intercessory prayer. It's not an ancillary thing. It's not an add-on thing. It's not a you know, extra thing. It's, it, it's mm-hmm. the thing, right? Right. right? And also kudos to EPC World Outreach for seeing the need for that, because you travel around, you lead prayer at presbytery meetings where people mm-hmm. pray for our global workers. Right. And I actually know from my conversations with Gabriel Tegia, our executive mm-hmm. director in World Outreach, that prayer ministry is actually part of our strategic plan. That's actually part yes, of how is. we Amen. strategically move forward. So this is not an afterthought. This is at the front of our thinking mm-hmm. in terms of not wanting to try to get ahead of God, but follow where he leads. Mm-hmm. So help us walk through as a as an intercessor, the person who's listening in, who's the uh, average Christian who just, you know, prays for their kids and prays for their work and okay. they pray for their situations that they might find themselves in to, sure. which is all good, right? And that's all necessary. Oh, yeah, and, and absolutely. Right. But you started with a discussion of the Holy Spirit prompting you or meeting you in those prayers and giving you discernment. When Jesus ascended, the spirit descended Amen. and he gave us all his spirit so that we are not on our own. Right. We are not disconnected from him. Yeah. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Right. Amen. And Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the spirit of Christ dwells in us and connects with us and even can guide our prayer life. How would a person who just wants to sit down and go to a deeper relationship with Jesus, sure. not, not just their needs, but wants to really go to a deeper place where you're talking about intercession. Right. How do they cooperate with the Holy Spirit sure. in their prayer life? Do you have any practical yeah. hints for that? Yeah, sure. First of all, as you said, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Scripture tells us that. And so we don't have to go anywhere. He's right there. And so I call this listening prayer is just to sit in the Lord's presence. And if we quiet ourselves, we can just enjoy sitting there. He goes, well, I don't hear anything. Well, it's okay that you don't hear anything because God's there. And if you allow him, he will speak to you through different things. He may remind you of a scripture. That's him speaking to you. He may give you a picture, or you may even hear really, really soft words spoken to your heart. So we're just comfort to you. You came, you were in our office yesterday and you came to be with our staff for our Tuesday huddle meeting. You offered to pray for any of the staff that would like. And as you were doing that, I got this impression. I felt this inside of me where it it wasn't audible, but I could almost hear the Lord saying, ask him to pray for you. Hmm. And I approached you and asked you to come and pray for me, which you did. But that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I was with another person here, and I said, let's just sit and let's just listen and see if the Lord wants to say anything. 
you know, we're, we're real good at talking and sometimes we're not so good at sitting and just being quiet because we, we've got our list to do or whatever. Yeah. And I just really enjoy, and, and I think you will too, and I'm talking to whoever's listening, I think you will too, if you just develop that and just set aside, even if it's 10 minutes. Because after you sense the Holy Spirit speaking to you in these different ways, you will want to spend more time with him. You can't see him, but we know he's there, and he will make himself known to you. If you're born again, you have the Spirit in you. Jesus is there. What's the famous quote, I think, that's attributed to Martin Luther is that I'm so busy that I didn't have time not to pray. Exactly right. And I think a lot of us don't do that quiet listening prayer because we just have a lot on our plates and our brains we can't get them to slow down and we can't get Mm -hmm. them to quiet down and be still and know that i am god is just hard sometimes yeah and i do have a suggestion oh great i I do have my phone with me and i put it on do not disturb sometimes because it'll disturb my prayer time so those times that i've called you that you haven't picked up that's what that was okay (laughs) exactly right right but i have my to-do list and i have my calendar So if I think of something, I put it down real quick, or you can have a piece of paper if you don't want your phone there, and just jot that down. And they go, okay, that's done. Put it off the side. right? And put some, what what I like to call soaking music on, you know, that's just instrumental worship, whatever you particularly like. William Augusto is really good. Others are, are equally as good. When we use music, music brings us closer to the Lord and brings us into the presence. So. It's helpful. Great. Those are practical suggestions. So let's go up from the personal to kind of a bigger picture kind of thing. You mentioned earlier about principalities and powers. And I'm convinced, Phil, that while you and I have both been to places around the world that I sometimes call the thin places, where the kind of things that you see in the Bible, you actually experience and you see them. and, And they're oh my gosh, this stuff is real. But I think a lot of times, particularly in the Western church, the principalities and powers that it seems like the demonic occupy in the areas of what I would call worldviews, ideologies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So when you're praying and doing intercession, Mm -hmm. is that something you're seeing? Are you seeing a battle of ideologies occupied by kind of light and darkness and that kind of thing? Well, sure. I mean, you've got the different religions of the world. You've got, you know, Hinduism, you've got Islam, you've got animism, you've got secularism, you've got, uh, along with atheism, which they don't think is a religion, but I mean, they're pushing God out. And you really do have to pray for people's minds to be loosed from that. Mm. Because I what believe... You, what do you mean by that? Could you unpack that for us a little bit? I know what you mean, but the right. person listening in may not know what that means. Well, you have a certain ideology that you believed in you put your heart into it and i believe that there are demonic forces that actually bind your mind and close your eyes just as paul was on the road to damascus the the scales came off of his eyes because jesus appeared to him people have to have that happen they have to have a real experience john mark comer refers to those as as animated thoughts thoughts that almost seem to take on a narrative of their own you know Mm -hmm. the person who maybe has an eating disorder and looks in the mirror and sees what they think is real, a distortion. They look at themselves and say, I'm this way. When in fact, that's a distortion of reality and they've accepted the distortion as true. And the thoughts that reinforce that almost take on a life force of their own. And it's really destructive. It really is. The word that comes to mind is poison. 
Yeah. And, 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 and it talks about doctrines of demons in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So however you want to unpack that or believe that, but these are thoughts from Satan meant to bind human beings, mm. created by him and meant to bind them. And we were created in Christ to be free from the things exactly. that bind us, right? That's right, and we are free from those. And so praying for unreached people groups, as we call them, or unengaged people groups, is something that we do online. I'll be doing that here in a few minutes with a, one of our regional church groups called a Presbytery in the Southwest, and, and I think that's part of it. And I think that we've seen really an example of this is one of the countries in South Asia, the Americans left it, put it that way, we saw a lot of Christians come out of the woodwork. Wow. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's some, saying something that's not apparent. Yeah. They, they actually came out of the woodwork, and it touches me so deeply because even our global workers that worked there for 20 years in that particular country had no idea they were there. Mm. None. Mm. Nobody had any idea. And it just makes me weep because this is some of the result of our prayers. We pray for these people. Well, and therein lies a really important point, Phil. You talked about you praying in Germany and how that Mm -hmm. unlocked the door for conversations, that people could do that in their own neighborhoods with their own neighbors, and you brought Mm -hmm. that home nicely. But you're getting ready to go to lead a prayer team in one of our presbyteries that's Mm -hmm. going to be doing that work for global partners in a particular part of the world. Mm -hmm. And that is amazing because there in the the Pacific Southwest, Mm -hmm. you have a group of people that are able to actually participate in the Great Commission across the globe, because prayer does not know geographic, political boundaries or time zones, right? right. And so they're able to actually be a part of it. They're not just sending money. They're now actually... You're on the team. They're on the team. As far as I'm concerned. Right? So there is a person who was just living out their everyday life in any old American community, but they're actually part of a team Mm -hmm. that is working in the spiritual realm to create an environment where our global workers could have access with the gospel, right? Exactly right. Yeah. And we have uh, a couple of other opportunities as well, if you want me to share yeah, those right would, now. Yeah, if you would, that'd be great. <clears throat> One of them is Gabriel Deguia, the executive director of World Outreach, has me to start a prayer time for Ukraine when the war broke out. Mm. And then, as you know, we've had war break out in, you know, in, in Gaza and Israel. And so we pray for both of those. And so we call that the EPC Global Outreach Prayer Time, Ukraine, Israel, and beyond. Mm. And so we also include places like North Korea and other places that we pray for. And that's a weekly gathering? It's an every other week gathering on Thursday at 11 a.m. And how would people, if they wanted to be a part of that, how would they go about doing that? Well, you can contact me. Um, My email is phil.t at epcwo.org. Could you say that one more time? Sure. Phil, P-H-I-L dot T, my last name, Thrash, at epcwo.org. And maybe we can put that in the show notes as well so that people can get that. Okay. So every other Thursday, that prayer meeting, any others? Well, there's a way that you can pray for our global workers, our EPC global workers, and that is we have a World Outreach Prayer Network online. Okay. And you can go to epcwo.org slash pray, or just go to epcwo.org and click on pray. And there's a short video that we made. It's been some years since we made it, but we still have that prayer network. And then you can submit at the end 
it gives a form that you can submit that we will look over and allow you to come into this secure website. Yeah, because there's confidentiality and security things that have to take place, particularly when we're talking about forward positions for our global workers. Exactly. Okay. So I want to end here with kind of a big picture thing and then a real practical thing. The big picture thing, Phil, would be from your vantage point as a global intercessor, Mm -hmm. where is God at work today that people should be aware of? And the second thing will be, how would you encourage people to join God in that activity through prayer? Okay. Other than, you know, this activity and others, and you can contact me if you're in another region of the country. If you know that you're in a presbytery, you can contact me and I can connect you with that. In different presbyteries, a presbytery is a group of churches. For those of you who are not Presbyterian, it's just a group of churches and we work together for the gospel, for the Great Commission, for God's kingdom. And one of the things that we have are, are, are prayer times. And so you can connect with that. So you're seeing a movement of prayer building. Right. Yeah. Right. Definitely a movement of prayer building. There's places in Southeast Asia that still need prayer. There's different countries. You can contact me again. I hold another prayer time for one country where our teams, and then another country in Southeast Asia, and I just won't mention it, is getting started with broadcasting, and they have some other things that they're doing in islands and whatnot, and uh, to see the gospel go forth and churches planted. Okay. So you've given us some practical steps uh, that is people could contact you uh, mm-hmm. to join some of those particular prayer teams. Yeah. The thing I hope people will understand, Phil, which I have, have, I think, appreciated from you and from Gabriel, actually was one of the things that impressed me the most when we were interviewing Gabriel was his passion for prayer, yeah. is that prayer is not just a task, right? It's not a box to check. Uh, It's not a to-do list item. It is when people reach out and contact you and join that, they're actually joining a movement of God's spirit working toward bringing the Great Commission into bear. And it's a way in which people are actually joining a movement. Exactly right. Okay. Well, I hope that they will do that. I hope Mm -hmm. that the Holy Spirit during this podcast uses your words and mine to intersect with people and give them some of those gentle thoughts where they say, maybe I'm being nudged to join and do that. And we hope that as the case for the kingdom. Amen. Thank you, Dean. Yeah. Thank you for your time today, Phil. Appreciate it very much. My pleasure. All right. Well, my friends, that wraps up another conversation. And, you know, I oftentimes tell people that is what prayer is. Prayer is a conversation. As Phil said earlier, it's listening. Speaking, it's listening, <laughs> it's speaking. Sometimes it's one-on-one, just you and the Lord. Sometimes it's a group of people. But it's it's basically conversation is what it is. Yeah. And it's being very intentional about pursuing a conversation, not so much that we can come in and change God's mind, but so we can be in alignment with his will and his purposes for what he wants to do in making his glory known among the nations. So if that's your heart and you heard that today, may the Holy Spirit cause that to settle into your very being in such a way that you reach out to Phil or to someone who can connect you with one of these vital prayer ministry movements. Well, my friends, as we always do, we close out with a good word from God's word because we believe God's word goes forth and accomplishes the purposes for which it has been established and it does not return void. So please be encouraged by this word today and soak it in deeply and allow the Holy Spirit to use this word to encourage you this day. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all of the creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. 
whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him. And my friends, this is the one that always gets me. They're for him. You see, he's before all things. And in him, all things hold together. For he is the head of the body, the church. And his name is Jesus, and he is our beloved Savior. And it's in his name that until the next time when we gather in this venue to have another conversation, I bid grace and peace to you. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of the entire team, please join us for our next episode. For more information about the EPC, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.